This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Jeff Halley in Asia Pacific. Good morning from London, Jeff. How are you doing? Yeah, great. Thank you. Good afternoon from Asia. Wonderful to be here. Let's first look at the latest from the markets where you are. You said to me off air, a little bit of a nervous feel to start the week. Why is that? There's a few things going on now. I think the main one that's really fraying nerves, shall we say, is the situation in Europe. We saw riots over the weekend against uh, further lockdown measures from the governments. And as we know, last week, uh, Austria went into a full national lockdown and then brought out a compulsory vaccination uh, uh, regulation as well. Now Europe is clearly at the start of its fourth wave of infections and markets are nervous that that's going to stop the European recovery in its tracks uh, and by default because it's the third largest trading block in the world will that impact the global recovery. We've seen Asian stocks ex-China uh, trade nervously to the downside today. Not hugely, but you can tell that the market is uh, is on tender hooks here uh, about the situation and how it will develop. Uh, in China today, we saw uh, markets rise as the People's Bank of China signaled over the weekend that uh, they'd think that the Chinese yuan had rallied in, uh, enough. It's been rallying even as the US dollar's been rallying over the last couple of weeks. Now, they didn't say it explicitly. It's what they don't say, which is what you have to follow. And they also brought out a weaker uh, yuan fix versus the US dollar today. So they're sending some signals out that they probably feel that the yuan rally has run far enough. So the yuan fell slightly today, but that lifted uh, that lifted China mainland stocks. They also left interest rates unchanged. I would say that uh, markets overall, uh, nervously neutral, shall I say, uh, but I would think that European markets will be under pressure today and more than likely for the first half of the week until the situation in Europe clarifies somewhat. And that nervousness in Europe particularly has seen a rise in gold, hasn't it? Yeah, look, uh, gold, I've been away for the last uh, 10 days on holiday, actually, and it's funny that whenever I go away, markets always move quite substantially, and uh, as per usual, that's exactly what's happened now. Gold has risen above uh, 1,835, which was very, very strong resistance, and it's quite a strong bullish technical signal for gold. And I think gold itself is now catching uh, two things. One, a haven a haven bid, so a safe haven bid. Now, gold is normally one of those favoured uh, investment uh, instruments uh, that benefits in, in markets or in situations like that. But also, as far as inflation goes, the higher the inflation signals that are screaming higher in the United States, it's not being reflected in long-term interest rates rising. What we're seeing is the short-term interest rates rising. That's taking all the inflationary pressure. So the yield curve is flattening. Now, that's been beneficial for the US dollar, but I think uh, market participants are starting to get nervous about the repression of longer-term interest rates by central banks around the world even as inflation rises. And in a situation like that, gold is one of those natural pressure relief valves uh, that markets use, and thus we have seen it move higher. And certainly, even though it fell on Friday, uh, its uh, technical picture looks very constructive now. And talking of interest rates, there was some talk over the weekend, Jeff, as far as the UK is concerned, in the 
newspapers and media that this uh, forthcoming potential rise in rates in mid-December could be higher than the 0.15 suggested and maybe a quarter percent. Do you get that impression as well? I think that one's a little hard to reach, to be honest, because the Bank of England were quite hawkish, or various officials were, including the governor, before the last meeting, and they didn't do anything. Quid pro quo, I'm I'm struggling to believe that all of a sudden they would move from 15 basis points to 25 basis points uh, on that basis. I mean, central bankers around the world, and we're seeing examples of it over and over again, uh, being hawkishly neutral is what I call it, fence-sitting. So they're talking a big game, but when push comes to shove, they're not prepared to tighten monetary policy. And uh, I think that is a little bit of a reach. Sterling itself should continue to perform against the euro for the reasons that we outlined earlier. But to a certain extent, it's guilty by geographical association with Europe at the moment. And if Europe starts going back into this COVID-19 rabbit hole, then sterling will probably fall in sympathy with it. Although it will outperform uh, the euro, it will probably fall against things like the US dollar and the Aussie and the, sterl- uh, and the, and the Japanese yen. Uh, and, and also we may see a little bit of pressure on UK stocks as well. Overall, though, I'm really struggling to see the Bank of England going 25 basis points on the basis of their behaviour at the last meeting. I think it would further dilute their already somewhat eroded credibility. The Nikkei has ended the day 28 points higher at 29774, Jeff. It's going to be a, a shorter week for Japan and not just in Japan, in the United States as well. Yeah, it's a fairly light data week. So tomorrow we get a lot of purchasing manager indexes for uh, Europe and for the United States and durable goods data uh, on Wednesday for the US and personal consumption expenditure. But uh, we do have a holiday in uh, the uh, in Japan tomorrow, which will disrupt their trading week. The Nikkei did manage to re- regain its early losses, I think mostly because A, South Korea rose quite strongly uh, today, but also because Chinese shares outperformed today after those dovish comments or implications uh, from uh, the People's Bank of China about the yuan over the weekend. A lower yuan should theoretically be better for China exports because it makes those exports cheaper. So I think it's really just coattailed mainland China higher today. Also, we're waiting to see whether Japan releases uh, strategic petroleum reserves, uh, the same as the United States has been talking about, and also the details of the Prime Minister's supplementary budget. But overall, it was a fairly quiet day in Asia. Most stocks ex-China edged to the downside on on a note of caution, mostly because of the European situation. And what about in New Zealand? Yeah, look, New Zealand, I think, will be one of the more interesting places to be looking at in markets this week. We have a Reserve Bank of New Zealand rate decision on Wednesday. Now, they postponed their previous uh, rate decision because of the arrival of the Delta variant of COVID-19 in New Zealand. That situation has moved on since, uh, and the markets are now uh, pondering whether it's going to be a 25 basis point hike or a 50 basis point hike. I think a a, a 25 basis point hike has been priced 
into the Kiwi. Now, Kiwi and Aussie have been suffering with this deteriorating risk sentiment atmosphere around the world over the last few days. So I don't think a 25 basis point uh, hike by the RBNZ will necessarily lift Kiwi. But if they do change their mind or they do decide to get a little busier and go half a percent, uh, we could see uh, uh, Kiwi uh, rally uh, quite quickly uh, in the midweek and particularly against the yen and also the Australian dollar. Okay, Jeff Harley, thanks for joining us this morning. We'll speak to you again soon. Always a pleasure. Have a wonderful week ahead, everybody. This is the Oanda Podcast.